gentlemen welcome back to stories out of time and space i'm your regular host scott weatherly and as ever i'm joined by my good friend julian darius julian how are you doing you okay i'm doing very well but i am very jealous and i want mandibles yeah. <laughs> well i see i i yeah i've got my uh i've got a kettle full of boiling water and some salt to take out the infestation of, of ants that appear to be sort of swarming across the new mexico desert um Yes, this week we are going to be talking about the 1954 uh, nuclear terror uh, film, Them. Um, uh, and Them being some giant radioactive ants. Um, so really, just to sort of give, I think we'll give a quick overview of this film from the beginning. Um, the start of the film is, or the, it splits into two, and we'll get into that, uh, is um, in New Mexico, in the New Mexico desert. Two patrolmen find uh, a number of incidents that they can't explain, but all have sugar at them. <laughs> um, uh, people have been killed. People have gone missing. They then find a young girl. And uh, when they're able to bring her around, um, she just starts shouting, them, them. Uh, they go back out <laughs> to the desert using, uh, which is a really awkward moment. Uh, they go back out to the desert and they find a hive of uh, giant ants, which they take out with ease. Um, but they find that two of the queens have actually uh, escaped and headed to the coast, and they then chase further ants down in the uh, sewers of Los Angeles. So that's it in a nutshell, really. There's other stuff that goes on, uh, but we shall now get into it. So, uh, Julian, from the from the get go, what's what's your overall thoughts then to kick us off then on them? Well, I I think this is a, a much more mediocre film than the last two. Uh, mm. Obviously, of great historic importance because it really, you know, sort of starts the, um, you know, giant monster sort of craze in the U.S. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I felt like it could really be edited down to about an hour-long movie using all the ant footage. Like, I love the ant footage. <laughs> yeah. but it's like, look at the poster. That's what you're selling. You know, I want the mandibles. <laughs> Weirdly, I, I I felt the same, but I also felt like there were two films in this, mm. um, and the first one is Tremors. <laughs> mm. Like the first half is like a is Tremors basically, almost like beat for beat, like it's you know apart from uh, and then then sort of hits a point and changes, and the second one felt like Aliens. Yes, I I thought the Aliens thing too. Mm. There's a lot in um, Aliens that borrows from this. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and a few others. I was like, oh, that seems familiar. Um, and this film has some of my favourite tropes of sort of like sci-fi and horror that, you know, you just know won't happen in, in real life, which we'll get into. But I, I agree that I enjoyed this film. It's pretty good fun and there's some interesting stuff in it. But it felt a lot, a lot um, swifter in its sort of storytelling. And... Um, 
What do you it, mean by swifter? Uh, well, it, it sort of just races through things, mm. you know. It's sort of like, and then this happens, and then we find them, and then we kill them, and then we move on to this bit, and then it's like, you know, it, it's nothing ever feels like a major threat at any real point. Like the stakes always feel, although they keep trying to build up the stakes, they seem to deal with things relatively easily. Yeah, that's true. Although you do see a bunch of guys get killed in in the climax. Mm. Um, I mean, I. I I don't know. I mean, look, look, Aliens has the same problem. I mean, mm. I, I think this does a better job, frankly, than Aliens does. Um, I mean, the, the number one problem I have with Aliens is like, you know, one of them was a massive problem in the first one, which is a great <laughs> movie. And now it's just like they're stormtroopers just getting mauled left and right. Mm. And I don't care about them anymore. Uh, I'm not scared of them. Um yeah, this they are sort of slow. They don't, you know, they don't do an awful lot. But you know, that wasn't my objection. I I felt like, you know, it, it was just a little slow with all of the character scenes, and it takes about twenty five minutes before you see an ant, mm-hmm. and then you really don't see another one until the sh- this bit on the ship. And that's a very brief scene of the, which I love. I, mean, I just, I'm in love with the, the ads smashing through the glass and, and, yeah. uh, and whatnot. It's fantastic. I, and then I like the climax, but I want to see human on ant action. Mm. It's clear. They were limited in their special effects budget for this. Um, and, had a limited number of ants, you know, to do this stuff. And it's, 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 it's back, isn't it? It's sort of that thing of like, well, we'll, we'll have specific beats throughout the film where we'll tell you, and it's, it's, it's quite good, but the rest of the time, we, you know, we're not so sure. I'll, I'll be fair. I mean, you know, you go into this film, it's, it's, it's a weird, it's one of those weird things that they do. And I suppose it's a, it's the you know it's that sort of thing between marketing a film and making a film. Is this film's called them? And you know, like you said all everything about it is you know it's about giant ants. It's you know it's 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 all over the the artwork. It's all over the posters. Like it's like you say. I mean, we're, we're talking about sort of seventy years hence, but it was it must have been clear at the time. Yet mm-hmm. the first sort of fifteen twenty minutes is a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> They play out like this mystery of like what could have done this? What is it? It's and it's it's played out as if like they've got to figure out what this um uh these tracks are and why is it sugar and buildings have been pulled out instead of blown out and all this other stuff. Um and it sort of feels a bit like like you say, well we know what they are, it's all been in the poster. Like you don't have to tease this out in the same way. Yeah. I mean in in fairness. I think that people of the era didn't know as much. I mean, people would movies were just fun to see and yeah. people would go see movies and, and not know anything about them. Um, you know, I, I, I've done that based on a director or something, but, um, and the other thing is the possibility of like double features, you mm-hmm. know, uh, things like this where you don't really know all that much, but I, I do think like that mystery in the beginning, you kind of have to have, Right. You, you know, I mean, I guess you could just have a guy attacked by a giant ant uh, right off the bat. I guess that's the way we would do it today. But, you know, I mean, I feel like that's it's, it's the sort of obligatory lead in. Mm-hmm. I, I just wish it were a little quicker. 
And yeah, I, and I yes. do think it works. I think all that stuff works. It's just that needs to be like 15 minutes instead of 25. Exactly. I, I that's that's my thing. Like if they just sped it up a bit, I think it would it would it would feel less like we're, we're dragging out this mystery. <laughs> um, the, the one thing I would say is that I kind of like some of the characters in this. Um, one of the ones is you get um, the main character, the main character, but like James Whitmore playing Sergeant Peterson, who's this sort of like patrolman out in New Mexico, sort of like becomes like the mm. the lead man in this. I mean, one of the things is there's no sort of real. Um, one of the things we talked about is there's always like the love interest, you know, they bring in the sort of like, you know, um, whoever, and that becomes between the FBI agent and this female uh, scientist. But like Whit- Whitmore, sorry, not as in Peterson, sorry, it's actually Peterson, just sort of propels through this film and he constantly sort of has this look on his face of like, it's hard to describe. It's not like he's going to be there, but he constantly just doesn't seem to give a monkey's about anything, anything anyone's saying. He's a bit like, oh, all right, well, let's let's go take this thing out. And but he seems kind clueless of... to me. <laughs> I, I I don't know. The only character I liked at all is the is the female scientist. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, she's the only one that like I guess it's the only female character outside of like the mom who's looking for her kids. Um, but I mean, at least like there's some design sense to her, and it, it's really cool watching again, sort of aliens, right? I thought of Ripley when she's in the uh, queen's chamber with the eggs in the uh, New Mexico bit. Mm. Uh, she is barking orders, and yeah. they comply. And I was like, oh wow, here's this. I mean, that's very uncommon for this era. Well, one of the things I found about her, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, was it's it's a father daughter relationship between her. So they bring in these two scientists. Uh, once they find this track, they find like a track and they send it off to the FBI. And the FBI go, we don't know what it is. So they pass it on to this agricultural um, t- team or society. And you get sent these two sort of uh, two scientists and a, a man and a woman. It's a husband. It's a, it's a father and daughter. Yeah. At no point, apart from at the very early on, does he refer to her as his daughter. And whenever he talks to her, he calls her doctor. Yes, and it's it's this it's it's like oh no she's a colleague and she's a doctor and stuff like that. and I thought that was really interesting as well. There's no sort of like oh well you're you're my daughter and I must protect you or whatever like he's, no mm-hmm. no she's a scientist and she knows ju- she's just as capable as me. And I thought that was a really interesting point as well. Yeah, that's a very good point. I hadn't picked up on that. Um, it, it seemed to me almost as if they sort of have forgotten that relationship. Like there's a line <laughs> of dialogue that establishes that almost, yeah. you know, I mean, you could also see that as sort of like insulting, like she's there because she's his daughter and yet clearly is as competent as he is yeah. um, as time goes on. So I liked her competence. I like that. She's addressed as doctor. She does not, she's not really a damsel in distress at any point no. in this movie, which is really, so to me, she's the only interesting character. He's kind of like there to give you know, narration and to say like, I admit the sketch of a of a of a uh, <laughs> yeah. anthill is crude, you know. And it's like, you know, it's like, well, the ants mutating could be the most logical conclusion. Like, like what? Uh, <laughs> One of the weirdest points in this film is we, you basically, as a viewer get like a four or five minute PowerPoint presentation about ants. Yes. So, you know, well, the, 
these are these are common household ants. These are desert dwellers, and they're vicious. And this other thing, it's sort of like you. And then you get all this stuff, and you're like, I know, I know what an ant is. <laughs> well, see, I mean, I think that I had the same response to that, but I did like it too, in the sense that ants are amazing animals. Mm. They're amazing critters, and it is true, like about warfare. I don't think, you know, I don't know that it's true that only humans and ants, you know, commit organized war. But certainly, you know, the the war making uh, organized principles of ants is fascinating. So I don't mind all of that. It just does feel like there's no connection between that and the story. It's not like if we project this forward, they'd be able to lift, you know, 20 tons, you know. It's just, uh, it's a little disconnected. It, it is. Well, and this is where, that, that scene in particular is where um, I felt there was a, the, the disjoint between the two. Like, there's two films in this in this story, as I say. The, the first part, up until the the, the attack on the, uh, the ant nest in the New, New Mexico desert, mm-hmm. is a film in, in and of itself. It's tremors, you know. You start with the mystery of um, these people have been attacked or these people have gone missing, and then you get basically either you know you got Kevin Bacon or um, you know James Whitmore looking for the cause, and then eventually it's revealed, and then and it should be you know it would be oh remote New Mexico community under siege from mm. giant ants. That's what I actually what I thought this film was going to be. Mm-hmm. And again, like you know, it, it, and that to me would have been that's the first film, right. and then it's like the sequel is like them two, or you know, yes. whatever they want to call it, would have been actually that nest we attacked, however long ago, two uh, queens escaped, and we now know they've taken up residence somewhere on the west, uh, you know, uh, west coast. <clears throat> And that then would then become aliens, and then becomes mm-hmm. your sequel. Like that's what I, you know, that's how in my head, that's how I would have set it up. Um, but I, and so that's what I said. Like they seem to deal with this nest in New Mexico really easy, but it's again still quite cool where they've got like rocket launchers and they're doing all the stuff, and it's like, you yeah. know, but <laughs> the artillery is very funny to me. You know, it's fascinating. <laughs> it that rocket launcher they go through great pains of load i mean i first of all i was not expecting to go into the caves right like mm. the moment they established that i'm like oh i want to go in there and then they're like we've got to go in there and i'm like yes we're gonna <laughs> see that yes uh, but that rocket launcher is it, it i was reminded of like gi joe cartoons <laughs> like you see a guy load the rocket launcher um and then it just fires over and over again and it's like yeah that's not firing uh, ordinance that's just a, basically a laser rocket launcher now uh so and there's a bit of that like people have like where did that machine gun come from i mean just like you know it's like i've got a submachine gun you know there's a little bit of that there's several moments where that happens like say at one point where he's got a pistol and they've all got like a pistol, and then all of a sudden, like uh, the sergeant runs back to the car, and he's like, "I've got this semi-automatic in the back." <laughs> he's like, "That probably been would have would have been a good thing to start with." Um, yeah, I don't know. There's little bits of this film I really enjoy. Like, there's even like the details, I say, but that bit where they've got the rocket launchers is great. Like, it's like we're gonna drive them back from the entrance, 
and then we can go in. And I'm like, this is all really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they go in, they've got the flamethrowers, and like you say, she goes in with them and sort of like takes charge. And and I'm looking at the watch and going, we're about, we're, we're just over half, we're just under halfway through this film. And we appear to be in what I would consider to be the climax. Yeah. Uh, they're like, no, no, it's, this is the first bit. Um, but it is done quite cool. Um, but it does feel a little breezy at that point, like you say, sort of, um, you know, um, this idea of, yeah, it, they've established already that they're like, you know, these ants can can do all this stuff. They're amazing. And sort of, like, you know, and they go in, they walk about 40 feet and they're like, here we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there could be. Well, I mean, you see that ant get gassed. I mean, the mm. idea is that the gas has basically taken out these ants. Um, you know, they've been smart, but they find a room that's been you know, uh, protected from a cave-in. Right. So, uh, and then in that room, yeah, there's not a lot of conflict. I mean, I I do think, but, you know, don't forget, besides machine guns and rocket launchers, they have flamethrowers, even in that scene, which is awesome. Those flamethrowers look so cool. And I love seeing, uh, especially later on, like the the close-ups of the the ant's face bursting into flames. It looks so good. Um, So even though these are, obviously you know props um they do look good at times um you know and so i yeah there could have been more conflict i will say that you know or more stakes to these ant confrontations um yeah especially in the second half that bothered me with the like gotta rescue those two kids uh you know i mean i really don't need those two kids um but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say that there is this phenomenon of movies sort of like not having enough material. And yeah. there are uh, different solutions to this. One is to add a plot that complicates things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Basic Instinct basically is, you know, is a, is a great example of this where really that is a 45-minute movie that yeah. then in the middle of it is like, ah, but there's another suspect and mm. let's spend 45 minutes characterizing that. And before saying, yeah, never mind, that wasn't the case. Let's go back to the original story. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's, you know, a way of doing it. I think this idea is, is much better. And I like, uh, I like what you're saying. I think you're absolutely correct. And I wish that the alien movies did this. Mm. You know, I mean, I want, yeah, if, if you're going to up the stakes anyway, you know, give me every, ar- I like, um, like the, the crying games like this, where every, uh, what is a three act movie, but every one of those acts is like, feels like a totally different movie. Like mm-hmm. the status quo is totally <clears throat> upturned, um, you know, at the end of each act. <clears throat> and I really dig those movies. So yeah, I mean, I'm not bothered by that here at all. Uh, are you bothered by it or? No, it just felt like, and maybe it's because I'm raised on sort of like you know a certain type of action or you know, like you say, aliens, like a certain type of cinema where my head's going. Maybe it's me as an executive producer or sort of like exec going, <laughs> no, no, no. There's two films here. We've got the potential to make more money. Make the first one about this and the second one about this. Um, 
No, it works fine. I mean, one one of the things sort of about it as well is you know it's sort of they feel slightly disconnected and but connected because you get the the Sergeant Peterson carries on throughout the entire film, and it's like he's a New Mexico pr- patrolman. Now he's working for the federal, you know, now he's working for the FBI. And at the end of the film, he appears to be leading the army. And you're just like, <laughs> which is one of my favorite tropes in these films where you sort of go, he's gone from this position to this position, and everyone seems to be okay with that. When we've even seen in sort of, was it in World's Coll- when Worlds Collide, when they're actually sort of questioning pe- why people are in a certain room, would be like, yeah. he's, they'd be like, no, 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 you're, you've done your bit. Thank you very much. And in fact, that would probably be the film. If anything, that would be the film today. Would be he would he'd be closed out, but he's that rogue cop that he's the one that know really knows where the nest yeah. is. You know, that's I mean that's right. that's the American sure. Godzilla, isn't it? That's uh, you know the the uh, Matthew Broderick one of sort of like mm-hmm. no no we know it's we, our evidence tells us it's it's here and he's, like, someone else going no 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 it's here and the, he's the one that's right. That that would be. The modern telling uh, right. in in the fifties, though, it's just like, yeah, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it gets back to your point about action movies, and you know, I mean, it's 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 Die Hard, it's it's everything. It's that mm-hmm. lone uh, Ayn Randian sort of guy who gets it. This mm-hmm. movie isn't doesn't do that. It doesn't know that it's doing that, but it still does it. It just doesn't justify it by saying, you know, I'm the one who has experience with these ants. You don't know what you're doing, you know. Um, Although the government is depicted as utterly, um, almost utterly, uh, craven. I mean, it it is such a departure from the last two films. I mean, they're just like, yeah, ants were aboard that ship. We sank the ship. (laughs) Screw you guys. Yeah, yeah, There's, they're merciless in this. I mean, some of the discussions they talk about when they, when they find out they're in the city, um, you know, it, it's pretty sort of clear that, you know, um, what, what you know, that, that it, it was around that point that I started to think about aliens and, you know, the, the corporation, what would they say? The best thing, take off and nuke it from space. It's the only way to be sure. <laughs> if that was an option, pretty sure they'd have taken it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and they say, well, like, what makes you think those kids are still alive? You know? Mm. Yeah, sure. I mean, screw those kids, you know? <laughs> I mean, honestly. But I think the meanest thing is that guy who is that Air Force pilot who was institutionalized mm. for having seen a flying ant. And they totally yeah. butter him up and are like, yeah, we'll put in a good word for you to get out. We believe you. And then they go out and they're like, no, keep them in, in the institution. <laughs> Make sure he doesn't have any visitors. It seems that is just so mean. I, I do like that when they do completely double cross him, though. When he is, he's like, they are saying, like, yeah, 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 no, we really appreciate everything you've done for us and thank you for your information and you've been really helpful. Yes, we'll help you get out of it. And the moment he's at the room, they're like, no, no, you lock him up. We don't want him talking to the public. We don't want this getting out, you know, and we'll let you know at some point in the future if and when you can let him out. Yeah, it's really sort of a bit like, I mean, it's probably accurate. In many ways, but See, I, I don't it, I don't it know about it. I, I, it seems in gratuitous to me. Like, yeah. first of all, everybody at this institution is like, he said what? Like, the the guy who works at the institution is clearly shocked by this. Mm. Uh, clearly, this is has nothing to do with his medical diagnosis, and it's just about covering something up. Um, and 
it seems that guy is so desperate. He's in an institution, for God's sake. It's, yeah. That guy is so desperate to get out. Just saying, we believe you. You need to, but you need to keep this quiet while we handle this. Would be so easy. That guy would be grateful to keep it quiet. You've actually made it a bigger story by, yeah. you know, yeah. by having an entire institution basically gossiping about like what. Why is the government so keen on covering up this story? And then they wind up telling everybody anyway. Nobody <laughs> calls that institution. If you can take a uh, patrolman from New Mexico and integrate him with you, why can't you take an Air Force pilot? He's dealt with the flying ants. Like he's he's got he's dealt with a different element. You'd want him on board, you know. Yeah, sure. Um, I also like that. I also like the fact that like you said they're, they're so willing to speak to so many people because they do go see the really crazy person as well, who's like, you know, make me a sergeant, give me the booze, make me a sergeant, <laughs> give me the booze, and it, all of a sudden he's like, oh, I've seen them out the window, in mm. you know, I've seen these things out the window, <clears throat> and I know you've got to progress the plot, but it does seem like this create this massive coincidence when they're like, oh no, 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 they've been crawling up and down the LA River, <laughs> yeah, nobody else has seen them um, at night, and so. You know, it just so happens he can see them from his uh, his his bed window. Um, so, so that whole bit felt a bit... And that, this is what I'm saying about being swift, where it's sort of like, it's breezy. It's like, right, we need to move to this next bit. Do this. Move on. And it's sort of, you know... then Because the, then all of a sudden they're in the, um, the L.A. River and they find that plane, the toy plane. Right. And they're like, oh, well, this... Only, only children or whatever play with these types of toy planes. And then... Just so happens that they find the entrance where the boys have been taken, and and then th there doesn't seem like any effort put into any of the detective work. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, ultimately, you're gonna have some tip, right? I mean, mm. you know, I mean, if somebody is on the banks, walking along the banks, and sees some ants below, right? I mean, it does say they mostly come out at night. Um, most, but that, yeah, that, that... <laughs> that well, was an alien. I... Well, he said that they, he's like when he said they come out and not. I was again that was another alien thing to me. I'm thinking that's like Newt. That's a real mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean I, I I do think alien, uh, especially aliens, owes a mm. lot to this. Um, and I'm you know, I mean you know I I think that that Queen's Chamber visually is so similar to the Queen's Chambers in Alien. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Well, again, like I say, one of the weird things is you see they bring out the full might of the army um, on this, and then they go into the sewers, and it's sort of, and it's, and then it's basically like twelve guys. Yeah. Um, which well, is sort of understand because you're underground and you know, all this other stuff, but um, well, you see at least like three different jeeps, right? And mm. you can kind of imagine that there's more jeeps behind them, but. You know, like, yeah, there's only so many. First of all, it's a budgetary thing, obviously. Yeah. But also, like, how many guys can you sweep through the sewers with, right? Like, 2,000 guys are just going to be standing behind each other going, like, move, right, move forward there so yeah. we can get into a chamber with a machine gun. They're going to be useless. But, but that's what's, and that's the fine, that's the thing I felt about with the ending. It felt a little bit unmanaged because that's pretty much what happens is. They go into the sewers and they walk into the tunnels and then basically it's um, there's an attack and it starts to sort of collapse a bit and they're like push forwards and they can't really go so it's it's like they've created this narrow space for all these guys to sort of like bundle through mm -hmm. um, and it's one of the things I was like okay 
is this going to be where we're going to have a reveal? And maybe I was second guessing it again because of my modern, you know, modern cinematic sort of experience. Was oh, this is where this war strategy is going to come in. Mm-hmm. We found that this is a distraction, and it's it almost it sort of is because they come in from the sides and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a tactic, and they're going to have this thing where you know they've been pulled in, they've been ambushed or something. And this is where we're going to find out you know, the war, the, the 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 answer strategic, or they're actually using mm. you know, and yeah. that really doesn't really play out. And also, but I was hoping for something like that that works where they're going to have to retreat, or it's going to be they get cut off or something. Yeah, that would have been a lot better. I mean, that's a very good point, especially because they've set up how ants make war, right? Well, they're, I, they I watched strategic. a power. I watched a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> about it. <laughs> I mean, how dare you i mean that powerpoint presentation that is Chekhov's gun you know mm. and it doesn't go up mm. no you're completely right and that would have been a lot better i i guess like the awkwardness of like you say how things are easy i mean to me you know to me they're just as easy in the present day um you know we were talking before this about falcon and the, and the winter soldier everything in that is just as easy you know it's like I know a guy in this area. Yeah. Okay, that's your lead. Let's go <laughs> over there and talk to him. And you see that stuff all the time. So, I mean, I guess it would have been even easier for them to just, you know, for you to just be like in a military compound and they say, uh, right, we've gotten reports from L.A. that uh, a few people have seen reports of ants. You know, don't worry. We've told them to keep quiet or something, you know. All right, let's go to L.A., to this river basin. Um, that would have accomplished it just as well without visiting a, a second crazy guy. Um, you know, and that would have been even shorter. Yeah, I think what I'd have wanted, though, is because I, I wonder how long the ants have been in New Mexico to mm-hmm. be established. Because it seems to be a single colony of about four ants. But like you say, there's going to be the gases put off to kill all those. So the, the, when the queens escape, these young queens, it's, it's to set up a new colony. So it's okay, it's only going to be a few ants, maybe, whatever. Um, and to me, I'd want them to... I, I, I picture it in my head again, maybe with modern special effects. I'd want someone to come across them in the sewer. You know, is there somebody, is there a reason somebody's down there? Is there sort of like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we've had reports of drains blocking, uh, backing up, the streets are flooding, or there's something happening, or whatever. Right, we've got to go down. There's clearly a blockage. This is gross. And then they find out there's a, you know, a bunch of, there's a, there's a nest down there. Um, and they're using the sewers like ready made um, tunnels. Tunnels, yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty much what they're suggesting, anyway. Right. I was yeah. like, okay, that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's what I was, you know, that's what I think I would have done in some way. Again, you get into the confrontation, you get to sort of, you know, you can up the ante, you know, no pun intended. Um, but well, yeah, reminds me of like you would have done that in like like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes has that where it's like, yes. oh, we we just got like a five minutes like vignette here of like you know. Uh, you know, you know, this is, I've got reports that the sewers are plugged up. See, you know, mm. I, I'm going to investigate this. <laughs> you know, you hear the, the ants, um, or the tomatoes. I mean, yeah, I, I would like that too. Um, I, I'm, I'm more troubled. I think that's a great idea. I'm more troubled by how 
like it, the the they actually are using the new the uh, LA uh, sewer system there mm-hmm. uh, and, and filming in it. It looks really cool. Mm-hmm. I like seeing it, but then we find the I, I can't stand this the plot with the two boys. Like, how have they survived? It is kind of like Newt, right? It, like, how have they survived? They look totally disheveled, but, like, the ants are right in the room with them. <laughs> you know? What is well, going on? Well, and, the then, answer, and then it's a the room answer atta- with the answer attacking them. Yeah, the ants are attacking them and literally, like, cutting through pipes and, and, and pillars to get to them. And like you're saying, the kids are just, like, ah, ah, like stuck in this thing. And I'm like, how have they survived? Till How did now, they get that deep into those sewers. <laughs> I mean, like, oh no, the ants, we run in here. Oh no, the ants are chasing us. How did you get? I mean, it's a mile deep, they say. That, room. yeah, how did you go? You walked a mile, you're clear. I mean, none of this makes sense. I, why is there lumber storage in, in yeah. that room? It's clearly cut pieces of lumber. <laughs> <laughs> These things happen, you know. They come, ac- you come across some lumber. You got somewhere to put it. You might as well put it under the under LA. Um, LA is weird. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Um, but they, they clearly just sort of, like I said, they are the propeller for the pro- for the plot to go forward. And they do sort of localize it in the sewers. Um, and I, I do kind of, you know, there's little bits I like, like I say, when they are trying to do some of that detecting in the LA River, they're, sort of, they're down on the, in the basin and they sort of, they find a track and there's some of the bits. It's like, okay, you're doing some work for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like it's sort of, it's sort of, ah, oh, we found the exact entrance in, <laughs> in this, however many miles of, of, uh, you know, sewage system that happens to come out. Like um, it all feels very convenient. And then they track them down, and it's it, again. It's it sort of they bring in the professor then just to validate is this is this all of them basically? And again, you you get to that you, what you said about the the government. They're literally like the end of this film is that they're like, is this all of them? He's like, yes, I believe so. I don't think they'd have got any further. Good. And then they just open fire with flamethrowers and machine guns, and that's pretty much sort of like coming to the end of the film. You're like, wow, yeah, brutal. <laughs> yeah well i mean but that's what i'm here to see uh you know it, it's i don't know you know like i hate the i usually hate the human plots in disaster movies right mm-hmm. i mean that first half hour to an hour these days i'm just thinking these are cliche characters get onto it I don't want any more, like, I, I get, you know, I like the female sci- scientist here. I shouldn't say the female scientist. Mm. There's a male scientist, so. But I, I, I like her character. She's the only one I like. But I don't need a love plot. I don't nope. need any more. I don't need these kids. Um, I want to see more. I mean, as you say, I want more with the ants. I want, like, more violence. We see multiple times where the ants grab people with their mandibles, mm. cut to a close-up of, like, you know, um, bags of gore, you know, just being yeah. pierced. You know, it's like, oh, he's tearing yeah. into my stomach. Um, of course, it's the 50s. They they can't do this. But, um, you know, these days it'd be like, yeah, give me a 30-minute just gore fest of, um, I, I also thought of uh, Starship Troopers, which we mm. love, uh, you know. Give me just those insects ripping through people. You know, I, that's what I want to see. Yeah, the attack on the, uh, the the army base is what you want. 
you know, the, the, the attack on the Amorites and Starship Troopers is what you'd want in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, being swarmed by these things. Um, well, the main character even gets attacked, and I think he dies at the end when it's sort of like he survives all this stuff and then he gets caught in the mandibles, and you're like, all right. Wow. I think he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone survives getting getting caught in those mandibles. No. You're dead then. Yeah. It, it, that's quite a shocker. It's sort of like we, we've saved you for all this time. And it's not even like a heroic death. Like he doesn't, it's not like he sacrifices mm. himself for the kids to, to escape. He just doesn't get out fast enough. Yeah. He kind of like, he a little bit sort of holds the, he, he, it's one of those like, uh, hold, I'll hold them off kind of moments, kind of, but it doesn't yeah, traumatize. Yeah. It doesn't, no. but that's okay. I mean, I, I, we hate those moments, right? I don't need a spotlight shined on like, you go ahead. I'll hold them off. No, he's just not fast enough, you know? Yeah, but at least make it. But it, it does not that either, though, is it? It's just a sort of like it's. it's I think it's a little clumsy. Yeah. It needs to be more dramatic. If it was, I'm saving the kids and, and sacrificing myself. I'd probably be a bit more invested because it's sort of you know it's less of a cliche in the fifties. But if it was, he's not able to get out in time. At least then make it more of a challenge rather than I appear to have got halfway up. I'm now at the the, the X mark, and the ant can come and get me at the right point in my waist. But this is what I like about Starship Troopers is, you know, no, just death is random. You know, I mean, who survives in war has nothing to do with your skill. Um, You know, the bullet hit the guy next to you instead of you. Mm. There's nothing to do with your skill. Um, And I can't stand Captain America, anyone, you know, uh, the the pretense that. Yeah, you know, I'm such a skilled soldier. Okay, a little bit of that goes a long way. I like, so you're right. I do, you're completely correct. This is clumsy. This is not, they don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. Having said that, I love that it's random. I don't want them to shine a spot. I don't want it to be <laughs> heroic at all. I just want it to be, he's got me and I want it to be gory and horrible and just what I want instead of the noble sacrifice is I want the re- her reaction yeah. as watching him be torn apart and just like, no, this is horrible and disgusting. Those ants are terrible. That's all I want. Yeah, and I agree. That's That sort of should be the driver for a lot of this. I mean, one of the interesting things you say about that is about the ants being terrible. There's a speech at the end of this film, which again, it sort of feels a bit tacked on where the, you know, he says about... Um, you know, uh, the professor comes in, and, the, and then the, the the FBI sort of says, "Well, you know, the, these were—they don't know this, by the way. They're just speculated. These ants were generated by the nuclear testing in 1945 in, in you know, White Sands, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. How many bombs have been tested since then, and what could have been created since? And then the professor's like, well, we just don't know. Man has now entered the atomic age, and we don't know what we've unleashed and all this other stuff. And it's clearly, I mean, this came out the same year as Godzilla, so let's not forget right. this is, you know, which is worth noting. But it's twofold in this sense of um, we are, um, you know, we have unleashed nuclear power is one thing. Obviously, that's the that's the thing. But more than that, these two scientists have come across a new a mutation of a new species. And at no point are they, you know, especially if they're saying, yeah, this could be the first of many. You know, we don't know what else mm-hmm. is out there. At no point do they stop and go, can we keep one for testing? <laughs> yeah, I thought about that too. <laughs> like, well, you know, um, 
forget testing. Like, uh, can, can we drop these on uh, an enemy nation? <laughs> you know, um, it, it, it does seem like the government is so ruthless. And there's a lot of talk about the savagery of the ants, especially in the in the PowerPoint. Yeah. But, um, you know, or the, the documentary clips. But the government seems pretty savage here. So, yeah, I had the same thought. They don't seem to have any thought except exterminate. Yeah, and they are treated as a pest. But there was there was that moment of pause at the end when I'm like, like you know, well, you you're now admitting that this might be the first of many. Like you know, you mm-hmm. really should be doing some research on these, other than well, they're ants, um, <clears throat> and that felt a little bit, again, you know, Ill, Ill thought out. Again, you you've literally drawn attention to something that you're not going to answer. Yeah. Um, in well, this. It, but I mean, it's the. <clears throat> It's the sort of like, look, we've often talked about how the movies just end, right? In this mm. era. And it's like, okay, we killed the ants, we killed that mess, the end. And this does that too. But yeah, I mean, it, this is the sort of like obligatory, let's make sense of this. I, I mean, this mm. is the the freshman comp essay, right? Where, yeah. you know, you just get to the end and you're like, here are some questions to make this seem open-ended and interesting right and yeah you're right it's totally the godzilla thing it's it's not as as well done as godzilla but it it is the sort of like yes here's the message but also it's important i think in this era to suggest we're not giving you mindless entertainment uh you you know the the catholics are going to object to them you know Mm -hmm. it's just violent entertainment Mm -hmm. um so here's our, um, you know, thing to grow on, yeah. one to grow on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that we're not going to grow on it. And maybe that is the point, that there's this sort of tacked on speech at the end. I mean, you, you know, you talk about the sort of, like I said, we mentioned this with Godzilla that came out the same year. And we both agree that Godzilla is a much better film. Um, but also the thing with Godzilla is that... that um, national experience that goes with it um and i find that you know with godzilla there's that that sense of um you know the the defeat and the trauma of being hit by these weapons that is materialized in godzilla uh, you know and the, the sort of the rhetoric in that film and in this film it's more about it there's no guilt to actually having let released the weapons at any point. There's not a sort of thing of going, you know, even the speech at the end, isn't a sort of like, you know, is, is this a Pandora's box that we should never have opened sort of thing. It's just mm-hmm. a like, yeah, we've done it. And you know, yeah, there's some stuff we probably have to deal with, but there's none of that sort of like, they never fit. There doesn't feel like there's a, a guilt for, for having done what has been done. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know if that sort of again. Like we, you know, yes, we know we did this thing. We dropped these nuclear weapons on another country. It brought a war to an end, and we did all this testing. But there's no sort of like self reflection of yeah, no, we brought one of you know one of if not the most destructive force and dropped it on another country. There's no you know this thing of like the ants are wrecked attribution for what we've done or you know they they represent um this you know what could come out of pandora's box there's none of that it's it's it's, it doesn't Mm -hmm. seem as self-reflective it's not supposed it's supposed to be like a b-movie kind of film but 
I don't know, it, it felt odd that there was never that moment of even like a soldier or a general or someone saying sort of like, you know, more than we have just entered the the the, the atomic age. No, I think that's an excellent point and, and very well said. Um, right, there's no sort of uh, Oppenheimer, you know. I mean, Oppenheimer struggled more with, and, and really all of the, the nuclear scientists with mm-hmm. a few arch conservative exceptions, uh, struggled terribly with what they had done and what they had unleashed. Um, here, it, it, you know, and it does seem to me this is very American, right? Um, you know, we're the guys who won. And <laughs> Americans are not known for their introspection, right? <laughs> I mean, and not nor are our blockbusters, right? Um, a yep. little bit of that goes a long way with us, <laughs> you know. American America's experience is not Japan's. We're like, yep, you know what? We everybody wanted this. Everybody, even if they like the Nazis had given up on the atomic bomb, but uh, despite a lot of popular culture, but certainly Hitler would have developed it and used it if he if he could. There was no moral compunction uh, against this. Um, so uh, yeah, the American point of view is like, hey, look. We're the victor, mother effers, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, you know, like, this door was going to be opened eventually. But you're right. It would be so, it seems almost willful because we have seen, I mean, those kids survive, but they were totally traumatized, you know, for yeah. life. Yeah. And their dad died and died mm. not well. You know, he had his arm ripped off and his chest gouged, right? And they probably watched this. Like, they're completely traumatized. And, you know, there's no line like, well, you know, maybe those kids feel differently about all of this than you do, Mr. Scientist, with your glib thoughts at the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it wouldn't take much just to put it in. But again, I don't think that's what this film is. Right. Uh, and, and uh, you know... But I wonder if there were films that did do that. Like, we, you know, we haven't really come across anything like that in the 50s. It's a very sort of, um, I don't know, sanitised is probably a, a, you know, the closest word I could use. But, they, I mean, they come later, those films. A lot of war films have dealt with it, you know. But um, they usually come, you know, nowadays in a much quicker succession, you know. And there, there'll be some film, um, you know, following the Vietnam War, you get, I suppose there's a, there's a whole host of war films that sort of like dissect the, the you know the American experience in Vietnam or um, you know the, the post Gulf War or you know even 9/11 and those sort of those that dissection and analysis usually trickles into other genres and and most often science fiction um, you know and it, it just it just doesn't seem to have at this point, it hasn't really materialised with, yeah, we're going to get more nuclear monsters, and I'm sure, you know, there was a whole bunch, but, like, there's never that sort of retrospection of, like, you know, oh, well, you know, this is, we, brought, we brought this upon ourselves sort of thing. Right. Well, I mean, I do think that we get a little bit of that. Uh, we got that in the last film you know and and um i i reference like uh, the day the earth stood still right mm. i mean there's some um there is some thoughtfulness here it's not an era that is immune to all thoughtfulness yeah. um 
it is worth pointing out that it's right around uh, the, the turn of the decade, uh, 1950, where um, the, the Chinese Civil War resolves um, and uh, Russia gets the atomic bomb. Uh, I think it's like 49, right? So, mm-hmm. so by 1950, the 50s began with this sort of, um, you know, fear. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously, you know, there's the bomber gap and the missile gap and, and all of this as the 50s go on. But there is real reason to be scared. And the way that was sold um, to Americans was, look, uh, communists outnumber you guys by like, you know, 10 to 1, right? Like a third of the world is already communist. Like they already control everything. We're outnumbered. We're the underdogs. Now, of course, America was never the underdog mm-hmm. post-World War II, for sure. But we always, you know, I mean, you see this today, right, in the, in the arch-right kind of stuff going on, this sort of need to feel that you're the underdog. Yes. But my my point is, like, the Cold War mentality of, like, mutually assured destruction, that had not set in yet, right? Mm-hmm. So... The idea that we were going to die by atomic war um, and the whole you know, world would be ruined, that was not an idea yet. Uh, people still felt, and we're probably right, that even in a full nuclear exchange with Russia, if the, their bombers could reach us, you know, they'd blow up some cities and we'd blow up some cities of them and, you know, the world would go on, tragic as it, as it was. Um and, and so it's really later, especially going into the 60s, that everything seems to reflect the mutually assured destruction thing. Mm. Um, but I do think I do think there is room for introspection, but I don't think that's what this movie is interested in. This is the mm. superhero movie that's just like, no, you know, it's just a guy with a cape who likes to punchy punchy, you know? Yeah. It, this is it's a giant ant dude, you know, <laughs> like... And and I love that. I mean, there's total room for that. But it's not a movie that's interested in doing those things, or, or and and that's limiting. I mean, and, and ultimately, the fact that it isn't interested in doing something deeper, and that it also, as you point out, uh, sort of drags and is a little lacking in real threat from the ants. Mm. Um, how easy it would be in those sewers to, as you exactly say, to have the ants burst in from the side and you're like, Oh no, they're using strategy on us. Uh, That would be so awesome. And we don't get that. So when you limit your scope like that, and then you don't deliver punchy punchy, like we've never seen, uh, you know, it's a little disappointing. Yeah, no, I agree with that. You're right in that sense of, you know, I'm asking this film to do something. It's not, not there to do. It provides that platform. But um, I think even at the punchy punchy level, when it gets to the punchy punchy, or in this case the shooty shooty, uh, although have someone having an actual physical fist fight with one of these ants would have been interesting. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it's not bad. I mean, you know, like I say when it comes to the the violence, I mean, there's, there's a scene early on uh, when they first come across like the first ant, and it's um, and they're shooting at this way. The sort of the cop remembers he's got like a semi-automatic in the back of the car. He's like, "Oh yeah, useful." Um, I like that stuff as well, though. And then one of the details I like again, I'm not sure it's capable 
the goggles. Um, mm. And they get out and they've got the, oh, there's like a sandstorm's going on. Better wear these goggles. And I'm like, this is a really, like, I've never heard of this. And there's a great bit where the doctor has to put one on, the male scientist. And the, it, it feels like almost like an out, it could have been an outtake. Because the, mm-hmm. the police officer leans in and says, oh, let me help you, and adjusts it. And then it's sort of like it's all lined up on his face. And he's like, thank you very much. And they move on to the next sort of, they move in through the scene. It was incredibly, it's not the only bit of natural acting in, in this, mm. a large portion of this film. And I'm like, I don't think that was supposed to happen. And they've just kept it in. But um, again, the goggles are quite an interesting little little note. Um throughout but again that's it the action with the ants is all is all good um it's the connecting bits that i say are just weak yeah i Mm. i agree with that um i also noted uh, the goggles thing is notable and it is strange that this stuff makes it in and um uh, other stuff did not get in right Uh, sort of character scenes i mean a lot of this connective tissue i also noticed that when you first meet the uh, female scientist, the daughter of the other scientist, mm-hmm. uh, she's descending a staircase from an aircraft, and she says, oh, no, I, I got caught on the craft. And it sort of delays her coming out. And then she frees herself, gets her dress uncaught, and then descends the ladder. What was that in there for? <laughs> you know, it's like It's that naturalism that you pointed out with the goggles, I guess those are, I mean, they're very weird touches, especially in a movie that does it's, not show other things. It's it's a weird moment, because I thought the same. Mm. And again, I was thinking, like, what's this for? And the only thing I can think it's there for is it's supposed to be sort of like twofold to me. Oh, she's a woman trying to get off a, a military space, you know, a, a military mm. aircraft, you know, ugh, women kind of thing. Which is is bizarre because then she's it's not never comes up that she's incompetent or clumsy at all ever again. But the other point I think is like what the thing that is out of this shit out, out of the the craft is her legs. Mm-hmm. So you get mm-hmm. this, better, and it's almost like uh, uh, a weird like male gaze of the fifties. Yeah, you know that like, the voyeur moment. Her. We have an excuse to right. Yeah, today it would have been her bottom. It would have been the shot would have been shifted, and you would have got the bottoms coming out. You know, you'd have had her ass, mm. and then coming down. That would have been the shot. That would have shot been the Michael, Michael Bay, Bay shot. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <We both laughs> um, and that's what. It's, but for this, it's the legs because it's then for when she does come off uh, the shit, uh, the airplane, and, and walks away. The the, F, the FBI agent says to Sergeant Peterson, he says, you know. Uh, she's a doctor. Do you think she's a medical doctor? And he says, because if she is, I'll, I'm going to try and find a way to get a fever this, you know, right, right away. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 clearly sort of like, you know, it's a bit of bantery kind of AA, you know, but it never comes across mainly because it's, 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 it's to be sanitized. It never comes across sort of like too derogatory or net. It's not too, it's not too wolf whistly is, is the way, because mm-hmm. it's not directed at her. Mm hmm. You know, it's not like someone saying, you know, well, if you were my doctor, you know, you'd give me a female. <laughs> Do you know, if it was directed at yes. her, it would feel awkward right. and horrible. But because it's between two guys, it feels a little less, um, to a little less direct. Um, but that again, that's it. Like it becomes a bit of a love story between the FBI agent and her. 
but it never it never at no point does it compromise her like neither does her father or the fbi agent say you can't do this because you're a woman or you shouldn't do this let me do it like it never comes up which is you know fine but it feels you know it's sort of good No, that's a very good point. And I think it is, I mean, in a movie that is not concerned with politics and not concerned with having any introspection, it is one of the deeper, more, you almost think like, was this an accident? They just didn't think about this? I mean, you're right. There is that sort of like uh, banter. I'd forgotten. Um, And, you know, but you're right that that it's pretty minimal, right? Um, It's basically the equivalent of saying like, hey, I find her attractive, you know, to another guy. Nothing wrong with saying that. Um, you know, uh, harassing her is a different thing. Saying it to her is a different thing. Um, nothing wrong with women say that, for that mm. matter. Um, when you introduce a scientist or every single scene with Thor uh, in, in it, in yes. any Thor movie. Um, but uh, the other thing is, there there is that moment where... Um, she has to go down into the caves in the, in the first climax. Mm -hmm. And her father says is protective. And she says, and and they're very clear, like, no, this makes sense. You need somebody down there to do this. And basically everyone relents. And and then she bosses them around and they're very (laughs) comfortable following. They're like, look, man, we're dealing with some giant ants here. You seem to know what giant ants are about. We are out of our element. Tell us what to do, scientist lady. Well, again, like you said, even the logic of it it isn't about her. You know, he said, because it's about his experience to begin with. Well, I'm the most experienced. But then then the counter is, yes, but you're also old. Mm -hmm. We can't be having you down there and risking you, having, having to basically support you as well. She's the more sensible option. And that's sort of it. And it's dealt with. And then they go, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, and, and I like that because mm. he, the other thing is he doesn't seem that frail, right? Like he seems, you know, he seems a little doddering with the uh, the glasses, uh, protective yeah. glasses thing. But he doesn't seem uh, especially frail. You don't see him tripping or stumbling into things. He's not some parody of an absent-minded professor or an old man. And I thought... Haven't we seen Harrison Ford older than this <laughs> doing action stuff? And, you know, here they're just like, no, you know, it does not make sense for a man of this age to be going through these corridors. This is one of those things that makes me laugh when you see these things. It's like, you know, in Star Wars, when you sort of find out that, like, Alec Guinness, uh, is, you know, is now, is younger, was younger when he made um, Star Wars than sort of Mark Hamill is when he comes back to do. Yeah, you know, that's, that's Jedi, um, and you're right. Like you know, today I think that's a different thing. I mean, you know, like those action stars of the '80s are still you know, trotting out films of you know varying quality, but still doing it and and still capable. You know, age is less of a seems to be like less of a thing now. But um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting they do this sort of thing. You know, at one point she actually says that they're, they're looking at things. Um, there's another scene where they keep trying to show sort of this. You just reminded me of how not so much doddering, but like um, how much he does not give a crap about some of the stuff that's being done. So they're in the planes, they've got the two helicopters because they're looking for the nest and they've mm-hmm. got to talk through the headset. And the cop, uh, Peterson keeps saying to him, like, You've got to say over. He says, Over. And then he talks again, and he stops, and you've got to say over and out. And he's like, 
oh, you and your rules. Like it's, it's it's usually the other way around. Like the scientist is going like, oh, this is so frustrating. Like, why am I going to do this? That the policeman takes it off him, is like over and out to complete the sentence. It's it's interesting that they like, you know they've put these little character beats in for, for him for this professor, but like <laughs> maybe he's just doing it himself. Like maybe the, the the actor was like, "There's not much here. I'm going to keep doing this." And that you know, we've only got so long to film this. They can't take them out. They can't stop me. I'm just going to keep doing it. Yeah, it's almost like he's sort of chafing against the sort of military command mm. structure a little. Um, but you're right that do, he does seem to, I had forgotten that he does seem sort of doddering there too. But again, all of this is so strange because it's like, what did they leave in? What did they take out? There are so many key moments that just aren't in the movie. Um, you know, and, and, and in fact, they've gone to such great, one of the things that I found most bizarre is that they've gone to such great lengths to cover this up, including keeping a man institutionalized in a scene that I find just brutal. I mean, you know, it's just so brutal and unnecessarily mean. And then when it's time, they're like, oh, yeah, they're in the, the L.A. sewer system. Then they just casually make an announcement, just declaring martial law. And they mention like two queens escaped. And I'm like, I'm not sure that this has been established. That two queens escaped, one no, was that's destroyed. The first, that's, the, that's the first time you are told that information. Right. It's not, yeah. you know, the scientists don't know it. So now it's just like, oh, now we're going to tell the public two queens escaped, one was destroyed. Presumably that one that was destroyed <laughs> was on the ship you saw. On the ship. Yeah, that's what but I We've got to figure this out. Like, this, the, yeah. the movie doesn't tell us that. And there is no conversation about, like, you know what? It's time. We have to tell the public now. Um, we just have to, there's no way to avoid it anymore. So there are, there's like key connective tissue, including key facts, like two Queens escape that you just don't get. But mm. instead we get this weird kind of banter about a character who's not really that interesting or important. And it never, it never amounts to anything like him chafing with the military, never, or even the police never amounts to anything. It's not like there's a scene where they're like, you know, he's like, I'm going to do this or I'm going to mm -hmm. have to do this. And your rules can't stop me. No, it, it, it never goes anywhere. Um, so, yeah, it all seems very, very bizarre. Um, but you say about the information again, like you said, this this film, uh, that, that announcement, I'll get to that announcement in a minute. That, <laughs> that really that really made me chuckle. But there's a great there's a great line where we've had like the mini mid climax. And they say, like, I think it's time to talk to Washington. And there's a part going, I think when you first found this out would have been a good point to talk to Washington. And then I'm thinking, wait a minute, if you haven't spoken to anyone else, where did you get the rocket launchers and the flamethrowers and the gas? Like, you must have spoken to someone yes. to get all this stuff. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, there are, there, are, there are definite gaps in information in this film. But that announcement, there's a great moment when this is, because it's given over, it's handed over, it's like a newscaster. And we see it on our screens as this guy sort of going through, basically giving this information. And then they basically have a scene of a, a bar or a restaurant. And it's presented to them and people are watching it. But as you say, it's so casual, as in, like, you know, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, uh, it has been announced we have to have, we are introducing martial law. And everyone actually out on the street uh, after 6 p.m. Uh, will be sent home. And da -da -da. This is because giant ants have flown into the city. <laughs> 
and are now nesting in our sewer system and the military are handling it. You go, boys. It's it's so sort of like casual that like no one stops and says, sorry, um, wind back a minute. Giant ants? <laughs> uh, yes, but we're dealing with it. Don't you worry, boys. It's 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 so bizarre that everyone just goes, all right. Like it's um again it's like you know, if if this was made today you would have uh, shots of like, you know, um fleeing um mm-hmm. that the obligatory shot of everybody trying to leave the city, the blocked mm-hmm. roads, the people running, you know, mm-hmm. something would happen that would then sort of cause the ants to attack. I don't know, there'd be something, but like you know, the moment you institute martial law, the is the moment you'll get that evacuation or something also like you know rioting um i mean you know the other thing is yeah i mean it does seem like a a little bit of a sort of like news on the march yeah like yeah don't worry our boys are fighting the atomic ants in the sewers um yeah it is it is a little pat but you know i i do think like it you know if that happened today People would be like, this is a myth. You know, we're so prone to conspiracy theories. We can't even get people to wear masks. They spread disinformation that masks cause COVID. I mean, just the stupidest QAnon nonsense, brain dead stuff. Um, Mm. People would say, you know, these ants aren't real. And when the military gets into the sewers, they find scores of people (laughs) who have just like, broken down all the barriers the ants uh, helped the ants escape you know um you know i mean it would just be complete chaos um but of course that isn't just it seems worse today but during earlier pandemics they they dealt with the some of the same stuff mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean the idea that we just listen to the military yeah that's not something that's not something let me put it this way that's something not something white Americans do or feel yeah. they have to do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it feels like you say that, that whole argument, I, I, you know, again, like you say, it almost feels like it's played for comedy. This one bit. Cause I expect everyone to sort of like to sit and watch this article or watch this news announcement and then just turn back to the bar and carry on smoking inside. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's very bizarre how they make this announcement. Everyone seems to do and like I say it's just like and now back to the military and <laughs> you know this annou- this announcement having been made it, it doesn't impact anything never comes up again and you know it's never sort of brought back to anyone in the city or whatever I mean it's clear that sort of it's it's that ass covering in a story that says no 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 we dealt with the public you know we took this to a city and we dealt with the public by telling them to stay inside so you know, that was, that's that. Don't worry about that. Move on. Um, yeah, we, we address but... that. Don't, don't bring yeah. today. It'd be like, don't bring that up in interviews. Um, you know, Do- Dr. Who does that a lot where it's like, Oh no, we address that in that one line of dialogue. No, mm. no, you did it. <laughs> yeah. There was a passing reference to it. And well, it passed very quickly because nobody <laughs> caught it. Yeah. It feels like that. Uh, and again, that is sort of fine. I'm happy for that to exist and to be the way it's done. Um, but again, it's this thing of sort of like everything's a bit too swift, it's all a bit too breezy, it never really has an impact. Like, I would rather there be something where, like, you know, it doesn't have to be massive, but like, just have a have that be an issue where, like, well, actually, having you know, can, can 
enforcing martial law in Los Angeles at this point is incredibly difficult. Like we don't have the number of people to do it, or there's something going on, or I don't know. There's some, there's something that prevents us, or it'll be a struggle. Not just well, we've sent out a news broadcast. Everyone's seen it. It's fine. Um, yeah. you or know, even it, just seeing people react. Yeah, and again, this is sort of in my category of like what is shown and what isn't shown. Mm. Uh, it's just very strange decisions. Uh, it's important to, to, to remember that that uh, sort of older male scientist is a little doddering. On the other hand, it's not important to have any idea how, how Angelinos react to martial yeah. law. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's a bizarre... And again, like you said, that's not the story they're telling. They want to focus in on the ants, and and, and that that's the story. Um, and again, if you we've said this before, if this was made today, you know, firstly, I think it would be two films, and you know, the first one would be hour and a half, the second one two hours, um, and you would you'd have that would be a key point. Um, if anything, it would be like Jurassic World. Fallen Kingdom. You have an organization in the second one that's trying to protect the ants because they're a new species. And what oh. right does the military have to eradicate them? You know, that there'd be that sort of thing. Or you know, or like you say, as well as the rogue cop element. Like, you know, there'd, there'd be something in there. Um, or like some parody of environmentalists that's like, you know, maybe humanity deserves to die. Yeah. Yes, yeah, well, she's basically the the, the story of uh, Kong, uh, Kong Godzilla, King of Monsters. Like, you know, we've had her time. The Titans do this. You know, like, wow, that's a ridiculous notion. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it would it would fall into that category of sort of like you know, eco horror is how I'd sort of see it. You know, the thing of like nature fighting back, and mm. you know, we are being taught a lesson by Mother Nature. And again, like, there's no there's no talk of Mother Nature in this film. There's no talk of them being animals. It's they're just monsters. They're 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 mm-hmm. radioactive mutations. Um, yeah, they're stormtroopers, right? I mean, they're just yeah. faceless to be killed, right? There's no moral compunction about killing an ant, so or burning it alive with a flamethrower, yeah. right? So have fun. Yeah, burn literally like firing jets of flame into its face. Like yeah. li- li- there's no compunction. Yeah, it, you're not supposed to think of these in any way with any sort of sense of humanity or, or anything like that. These are li- aliens. It's supposed to be that thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like they say aliens. They're just stormtrooper aliens or whatever, and they are there to be killed, um, which is fine. And you know, I I, I I wondered how well this would have done this or this did in 1954. It's a it's a it's an interesting concept. But like you say, I think maybe because it's been done since and potentially better, but it also it it, it doesn't hold water in the way that it it, it did, um, you know, probably in '54. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 intended to be a good bit of fun. I don't think it mm. takes itself too seriously. There's look, I mean, I'm all for that. I think most stuff that's silly, i.e., disaster movies, action movies, superhero movies, you know. Most of you can, and again, I'm not trashing those genres. Uh, there's, there are masterpieces in all of those genres, but um, you know, a lot of it is uh, B movie stuff that takes itself way too seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, kudos for this to this movie for for not doing that. On the other hand, there are, is stuff that feels awkward, not thought out. 
strange and what it includes and what it doesn't. Yeah, and I think you know this is the sort of um, you know the third of our fifties um, trek, mm-hmm. and there's been a lot to talk about in the others. You know, when we talked about when worlds collide, there was stuff in there, and we you know we could really dig into it. And the same with you know it came from beyond, um, you know, it came from out of space. Like it, there's a, there's interesting stuff to talk about there. Like, and and this, if I'm honest, I'm sort of looking at the time we've yeah. gone. I'm going like, yeah, no, I think we've. I'm I'm pretty much in the sense of like we may have just covered this. Um, yeah, no, you know, I think it, so too. And, it, it but there's nothing wrong with that. No, no. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think that you know it's a fun movie. It is what it is, um, and that's fine. I I do think that there's room for, like, clearly, you know, one of the things I like about this, and and I feel like this is a writer. It's like I I look back on comics that I like, stories that I like, and I'll think. Yeah, what I remember is the giant ants. You know, mm. like what I remember is the giant ants, and there, wasn't there a scene with a guy like in in the ants' grip, and mm. you know he's staring, and you probably remember it as more violent and better. You remember like the the flamethrower close-ups, um, fantastic, right? That's what mm. you remember. I'm not going to remember any of the characters. Yeah, uh, you know, and I think there's room for that. I think that I like that. And I think that, you know, there, even when we make more sophisticated stories, it's important with some similar plots, it's important to uh, remember, like, really at its heart, we're justifying uh, a, a story about giant ants. And yeah. we can justify it with a better plot and, um, you know, do it more artistically and, uh, than this is. And mm-hmm. in a more sophisticated way and have a little bit of deeper meaning and, and whatnot and justify it and make it good. But at the end of the day, like it's okay to be thrilled by giant ants and have that <laughs> be the main attraction. Yeah, it is. It's good fun. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. This this, you know, before we even started, I sort of mentioned I'd watched Kong versus Godzilla. And you know, I've watched the, this mo- modern cycle of, of Godzilla films, and and I've watched a lot of the other Godzilla films. And it's, again, it's that thing of you don't have to justify them. You know, with a a theme. We really like that first Godzilla film, and it has themes. It's making a point. It's it has an objective. After that, you know, <laughs> they become a they become something different, and that's fine, and it can be enjoyed. And there's people that love them for that. And I do think that that sort of, this can fall into that as well. It's like, yeah, do you know what? And this is why what I kept thinking about when I watched this, as I said, was Aliens, mm-hmm. which is a good film. I actually really like Aliens. So maybe one day we'll do that, or Alien at least. <clears throat> but the other one was Tremors. And I'm a big fan of Tremors. I think it's a great film. It's you know it's one of those films. I it's a bit like what you've said. I grew up with that film, and I remember certain things from it. And when I go back to it, I'm like. Yeah, probably not as good as I remember it from when I was a kid. But you know what? It's still good fun. And it's exactly the same. It's big worms instead of big ants. Um, and this is, this, I think it falls into the same category. In that. And again, that's another film that has a an unapologetic female you know, um, scientist. However, in that, she ends up taking her trousers off. But that's a, <laughs> a sign of the, weirdly, a sign of the times. Um but yeah, I think this is more like I, I think I was expecting 
something akin to Godzilla in that uh, knowing this was dealing with that sort of nuclear fallout, um, but with that B movie lens, and it definitely falls more into that B movie lens than than the contemplative reflection on you know unleashing nuclear hellfire on another country. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I I wasn't expecting anything of that. I was <laughs> expecting uh, giant ants, and and I got giant ants. Um, I, if anything, I wanted more giant ants. Mm. Um, and you know, I would love to see a remake with uh, CGI, and you know, make it. I I don't want two movies. God, I do not want to. I'm so sick of that and franchises, and you know. Put it if put it all on the screen. If you've got the story to tell, put it all on the screen in one movie. If it's successful, then you can do something else. But don't pull your punches for the mm. sequel. Um, but show me the sort of Starship Troopers blood. Show me the gore. Show me, you know, just, uh, you know, I mean, let's watch them uh, escape and brutalize people across L.A. I, you know, I, I mean, if anything, this is. Yeah, I mean, you know my my love for Mars Attacks. Oh, mm. you know, I I want to see the ants just destroy human civilization. That's what I want. That's what you know. And I found myself. It's funny you were mentioning like compassion for the ants. I found myself feeling that. I was like, you know, I wonder if part of this mutation, like ants, have a pretty. It's incredibly hierarchical, um, and and you know, sort of fascistic. But ants have a very complex society um, mm. that is a touchstone for animal societies. Um, yeah, you know, does that challenge our society? Are these mutated ants like um, if they were able to communicate? You know, like <laughs> what would they say? Like, you know, look, uh, I, you know, we were encroaching on you know your territory. We're giant ants, and you know, we found these humans, and yeah, we killed them. You know, uh, what do you think you guys do? You guys killed a lot more ants than we killed humans. So I, I felt like I want to see these ants. A, I want to see more humans die. And B, mm-hmm. I want, I find my mind naturally goes to exploring the ants' point of view and, and ant civilization. That's that's the thing, again, like you say, it's modernization. This idea, the montage, the terror montage of <clears throat> the ants breaking out through the sewers or breaking out through manhole covers and you know, I can't think of if it's if you were to remain in LA. I don't know. You you'd want to see ants crawling across the Hollywood sign or swarming the Observatory. Yes, you know, you'd want yeah. to see some monuments covered in the Roland Emmerich approach. Like you know, let's let's destroy yeah. some monuments, but or at least have them swarming with ants. Like that's what you'd want to see, and then have them killing people in that breaking through somebody's. 10th story window and, and, and attacking them or something like that there there is definitely that go that way i think you're right i think i'll go all out and have it like a horror film a proper full-on gore fest of that sort of thing but you actually they you see at the end of this film you see the two flying ants mm. in um well two you know, new yeah, ones two yeah, new ones new yes right. yeah so you've got flying ants all right then let's have um 
let's have some dog fights between fighter jets <laughs> and and flying ants, like a swarm of flying ants. I can tell you now that I don't know if I, I don't. This is you know just a British thing or or what or an American thing. I don't know. But there is usually a day or a couple of days every year when the flying ants hatch out and they are just bloody everywhere. Like the air becomes thick with them, and um, you know you will be swatting them off everything. Um, you know. Yeah, and I, I, you know, they're a pain when they're about half an inch long. So, if they're <laughs> going to be nine feet, I want to see how, what that means. You know, what they're going to attack. How do they do? What? And I say, how how vicious are those uh, mandibles? What can they bite through? Not just wood, but like you know, steel or whatever. Um, and it's what, as you say, they they mentioned in this film. It's one of those things of like, you know, they talk about how how strong. Uh, a spider's web is and then in this film obviously the equivalent is like how strong an ant is how much it can lift cool what can it lift i want to see it lifting a bus full of people <laughs> yes absolutely I, the first thing i thought of when you were talking about attacking la is like you know the mars attacks thing of like we're mm-hmm. on a movie set and we're filming something and the ant walks in and it's like who who's controlling that you know you're in yeah. my shot you know yeah. and then it, it rips off the actress's leg or something um, you know, just that that joy of of violence and carnage, and and if you and that's what this movie is, right? It's mm. not about a deeper message. Let's go for it. That would be so awesome watching them, you know, sort of lift a bus and you know cooperate yeah. to menace the bus. Well, and I think that would be the third act, wouldn't it? Like, you know, you'd have the the finale of this film is the ants breaking out, and you'd have the military marching down. I don't know. What's a famous street in LA? Just somewhere. Okay, or that you'd, or yeah, you'd have some recognizable place, you know, at the Battle of Be- the Battle of Beverly Hills or something like that. <laughs> um and then, like you say, it would be like, oh, we're, we're driving them back. And then all of a sudden, oh no, they've learned, they've strategized. Now they're surrounding us or they're ambushing us or whatever. Like, you know. Yeah, that when the third act is like, like we've got to attack them with gas or something like that. We've got, you know, we've got to there's the, there's the one, um, quote jokey but extreme, but there's that one general that's like, we've got to nuke them. I'm going to nuke <laughs> Los Angeles. I'm giving you an hour to eradicate them before I set the nukes off, give them the ticking clock. And then, yeah, but then like, there's a gas alternative or, um, you know, all this, all this has been done before. It's not, <laughs> it's not new material. This is incredibly cliched. I mean, you know, it's the end of, of you know, um, Godzilla. 1998 Godzilla. It's the end of bloody eye. It's the end of Alien versus Predator Requiem. It's you know it's 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 not been it's not new. But I think it would be great fun to see ants doing that. Yeah. Well, and I think the key thing is is keep it fun, minimize the stupid human scenes. I you know get rid of all human characters. I I don't even care. But then also have the ants win. Don't mm. have you know just let the ants. I mean. I kept thinking, like, these these two queens escape. You, you don't know how many. And all we know is we've had flying ants, and, you know, then a ship is attacked. I thought it kind of improbable but uh, that ants chose a ship. But it's still a cool scene, when mm. you, the brief though it is. But I, I kept thinking, oh, yeah, no, civilization just lost, right? Like, once it's not contained, it's not contained. That virus isn't going to go back in that lab, okay? Yes. Uh, you know, the ants reproduce massively at massive rates. You're done. 
this is just something you're going to be dealing with forever now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, right, don't give me the bullshit like humanity triumphs. No, we're too stupid to triumph. Mm -hmm. We're going to live with the ants. Oh, well, we'd be there. So we'd be their servants. We're going to live for the ants, I think is. But yeah, I I think there's a film to be made. I mean, you know, um, one of the films, some of the stuff you've talked about, I don't know if you've seen a film called Eight-Legged Freaks, um, which is a spider film, uh, which maybe we'll we'll, we'll visit. But that's played completely for comedy Mm -hmm. uh, in that sense. But it's exactly the same thing of giant spiders take over a town. It's it's very similar. Um, And again, that that is 100% B-movie. And if anything, it would probably act as a really good companion piece to this film and there's moments in that where you actually see a spider picking up a, a, a beetle a bug like yeah, 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 yeah. thoughts on a bill stuff like that um and so i think yeah you could do that and go all out and you could do it you know tonally but i think yeah go for the b movie but go full-on gore and full-on oh yeah um carnage and just have like a 20 minute scene of like ants attacking los angeles and then you know um, well, well, General, we've lost Los Angeles, you know, but we can't let them. Um, you know, we've lost California. How do we keep them there? Well, we're going to have to, you know, build build a um, a massive electric fence, or we're going to have to cut them off. Or something. How do you, you know, there's ant. What do they call it? Ant powder. There's ant, there's ant poison now, isn't there? Yeah. You know, like I'm assuming yeah. they'd have something, but we we don't have. I don't. We don't have the flying ants here uh so we don't have that problem um you know we have the no seums the little gnats uh you know in the midwest um but you know we they're occasional flying cockroaches but it's, it's not very bad i mean um yeah so but i don't identify too much with that but i do love the idea of just sort of uh mass carnage with those mm-hmm. ants let you know really and the, the important thing also is to be tasteless like this movie is a B movie, but it wants to sort of like it's a 50s movie, right? It cannot transgress quite too much. Transgress, you know, yes. the way to do this is just like, no, you are tasteless. Uh, embrace your inner John Waters and just go for it. <laughs> you know? I would so I would so totally watch that. I think that'd be amazing. I mean, there's a great opportunity. Have it. Well, they've done it with, you know, it's that thing again of like, you know, uh, as you said before, that those daft modern sci-fi B movies of like you know, Lava Lantula, Sharknado, and and all those kinds mm-hmm. of things like that, ants or them should be in that category of going like you know just going crazy. I mean, I'm sure there are there are purists who hold this up as an example of you know, a great example of 50 sci-fi. It, it's sustained. We know about it. It hasn't disappeared. It's it's often talked about. Well, or it's often referenced. Right. Um, and I think it's referenced for a good reason. Like we've we've you know, we've seen that its DNA has, has lived on and exists in other films, but it's not like it's a staple of. Oh, wait, yeah, this is this is having a conversation about fifties, the fifties experience, and it's sort of you know sci-fi making a comment. No, 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 it's it, it's just killer ants, giant killer ants. Well, and I I think it doesn't have to be deep to live on. I mean, I I think I was thinking of Barbarella and how. Mm. Um, you know, everybody knows Barbarella. Everybody knows them, right? We know them from the posters. We know them from certain images or, or just one dumb idea, right? The chick with a ray gun, you know, uh, who's sexy, right? It's a giant <laughs> yeah. ant. That's a, I mean, 
these are simple, iconic ideas. The difference is Barbarella is a good movie. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, it's fascinating. It holds up in my mind. Uh, It's stunning how good it is, especially because you expect it to be a dumb B movie, right? You know, this I expect to be a dumb B movie, and it's a dumb B movie, and Mm. it's maybe not as good of a dumb B movie as I want it to be. No, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, you know, maybe there's there's not a great deal more to talk about in this. Yeah. So let, let's let's wrap this up then. So so final thoughts then on on them uh, on 1954's them. Um, it's it's a great idea, but it, I mean it's a it's a confused movie in its execution. Um, mm. It's fair to say, uh, but uh, look, it's a classic. I've never seen it before, uh, and I'm glad I saw it. Yeah, you? no, it's the same. I'm glad I watched it because it's one of those films that gets referenced a lot. And like you said, I've known the poster since I was a kid. You know, it's just one of those. I'm, I'm very glad I watched it. Confused is probably the best way to describe it. Like you know, it's <laughs> there's there's like you say, whoever edited this film, like you say, I want to see what landed on the editing floor. If what stays in the film stays in the film, and they were like, "Well, we've got to hit this one hour thirty mark. You know, we need to have around ninety minutes." So I'm keeping in these scenes, and you're like. So what have you taken out? Like there's, a, there's some interesting lines or scenes. Um, it's still got moments of, of, of fun, you know, uh, where the, the film in the, you know, is clearly having fun. Um, but there's also long stretches where I'm like, I'm not entirely sure even the cast really know what the point of this bit is. Um and also in the middle of it, like you say, is is loaded with documentary footage just to remind you what you're dealing with <laughs> in in a PowerPoint presentation, which is bizarre. Um, it's fine, it's good. Uh, it's of the three we've watched so far, it's clearly it's it's the lesser of the least of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, we'll be interested to see how it stacks up against some of the others we've got coming up. Well, I believe we have a treat for you uh, next time. Yes, I'm going to check my list. I'm going to double check it. So what we got? Oh yes, it's Quatermass. Yes, yes. indeed. It's a, it's the first outing of Quatermass uh, with her. Um, and also this is a bit of a this is a bit of a doozy, and we'll probably get into we will get into it in the next episode. This is uh, an American Quatermass. Um, so he was always depicted as British in the TV series. But uh, when it got to when it got to the the first hammer outing, they chose an American actor to play Quatermass, and he brings a very different um, uh, persona to it. He's compared got big to muscles Andrew and, a, and a big dick, right? Yes, basically, basically, <laughs> it's Arnie. It's, it's it's basically sort of like yeah, it's, he's he's the first action hero. Um, he, he's not interested in science or or book learning. You know, he uses he, that phrase a lot. <laughs> yeah, the the film ends very quickly when he basically just shoots the alien in the face and uh, <laughs> starts spouting off one-liners. He, um, he he calls everyone around him limeys constantly for no reason. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we will discuss it as to why he's running the British uh, air and you know uh, rocket association, but that's a different thing. Um, yes. Because we got Especially the Nazi have... scientists and you guys did it. <laughs> That's pretty much <laughs> yeah. the reason. We, you guys got the Nazi one, so we basically got the American scientists that could no longer get jobs because the Nazis take them all. Yeah, um, he, 
you learned a little from uh, Von Braun and, uh, you know, parlayed it into jobs for the RAF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd hire anybody in the 50s. We were really sort of like, you know, scraping the barrel. Um, no, is it, having watched Andrew Keir in, in Quatermass in the Pit, it would be interesting to see how you sort of perceive um, this version of Quatermass. So, yes, looking forward to that. So Quatermass, the Quatermass experiment uh, is, is what we're going to be doing. So I enjoyed this film. I actually I really enjoyed this film. So it'll be interesting to sort of pick it up. But that's in the next episode. So uh, we shall round it out. That. But, so, Julian, this has been uh, a blast, as always, talking about giant ants and, uh, you know, not death hornets or whatever other <laughs> insects occur. I would say one thing I want to say is, if you were to watch this film in Australia, it's just an everyday. I think it's just a regular day <laughs> from what I understand of Australia. So, um, no, you know, that's that's such an exaggeration. <laughs> you know, it's not a dingo ate my baby. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I mean, there's scary stuff, but still, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Poor Aussies. Yeah, the Australia. I, I've got I've got family in Australia. Never going to visit them. Looks terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but on the next episode, yes, we'll be covering Quatermass, which is a nice, quaint British film. Uh, but for this one, Julian, it's been an absolute blast. Really enjoyed it. Uh, so thank you very much. My uh, pleasure, as always. And uh, we shall catch you on the next episode. <laughs>